It's pretty fun. Honestly. As fucking terrible as the army can be, and I've had some terrible times in the army, but those are all dependent on the people around you most of the time. Mm-hmm. I did love it. Mm. I miss it all the time. I get pretty chucked up when I think about but you give up a lot. Like I wouldn't be here all the time. You give up a lot of your career yeah. as a civilian. I'm yeah. starting over now. I'm fucking yeah. 38 years old. I'm making half of what I would be making in the army. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I constantly have to, I mean, the interview process when I was trying to get a job, was <laughs> a fucking joke. You, know, you get the whole fucking thank you for your service, yeah. jerk you off shit. And then you're just like, I don't want you to take me for my service. I didn't fucking yeah. do it for you. I did it for the guy that was fucking next to me in formation. Yeah. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Advise that the Literate Ape Cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? We've got a special guest on the Apecast today, and it's not one of our usual idiots that we have. Uh, we have my brother-in-law, Lester Wang, and Lester uh, is. We brought him on today uh, because he's cool, um, because he's family, but more specifically because he's an army veteran. And we, Don and I have spent time talking about Afghanistan and because uh, it, it's still in the news. Lester actually, <laughs> Lester actually lived it. So I thought, let's talk about this with somebody who knows a whole lot more than we do. So um, Lester, thanks for for being here, uh, for joining us. And if you um, could, can you give us your, your military resume real quick? Uh, so I was an officer. So it's always tough to talk about the, the military because there's, I think to most people, it's a bit of a, if you weren't in it, it's a bit of a monolithic right. thing that you think about, you know, like, oh, guys with guns doing Guys with guns. Stuff, <laughs> right, that's exactly right? what I thought it was. So, yeah. Which you I mean, just you know described I mean? Nevada in yeah. one sentence. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you get paid for it. So, um, I mean, obviously, there's four branches. I was in the Army. And then within the Army, there's a lot of uh, different jobs and all that stuff. There's like, I mean, everything you think of mechanics, people who cook, people who just do like administrative work, people who do intel. And then there's the people that you would stereotypically think of when you think of war, you know, people who fight, you know, and those are in the army of the combat arms. So that would be like your artillery people, your infantrymen. Like Where did you fall around. into that? I'm sure you were infantry. Okay. I was an infantryman. And you, yeah. yeah. So like, I think only like 20%, maybe less of the army is actually the people who, volunteer to be on the front lines obviously both of these last wars um at certain times actually people who weren't infantry or combat arms got as much whatever you want to call it action i hate using that word but action as because obviously enemies after five to six years of you being there 
they don't they're not stupid <laughs> they're like oh these guys that are trained maybe we shouldn't fuck with them let's fuck with the people driving mm. the trucks and mm. on the mm-hmm. supply lines it's uh, it's a story as old as time like you attack the supply lines you attack mm-hmm. the soft skilled people and eventually those guys become just as hard as the infantrymen because they're getting yeah and if, and if you're if you're president obama you attack <laughs> the weddings but that's, that's well. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about attacking weddings in um, in Afghanistan. Are as terrible as that sounds. They are terrorist hangouts. Sure. They're the only few times that like people who are usually hiding out. Yeah. Come out. Yeah. You know, you're gonna find some people there, and it's war. And these people, people you're fighting, especially countries like Afghanistan. Uh, obviously Iraq too, but Afghanistan even more so. The the enemy and the civilian populace are not exactly. Uh, well, I mean, so, I saw I saw London is falling yeah. with uh, Gerard Butler, and uh, and that was basically <laughs> that was basically the gist of the that was the motive fact is that the, is the arms dealer, the terrorists, they blew up uh, they blew up his his daughter's think. wedding, and yeah. They, he just so, he got pissed. Yeah. That's so probably the that's probably the best documentary about war. That's yeah, it's just there. it's yeah. very accurate because I understand <laughs> that there's always at least one Gerard Butler guy in there that can do it all by himself. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so you. So it's just different. Like when civilians think of what the war is like. I mean, Vietnam. I don't want to get too off path here, but Vietnam changed the entire world mm-hmm. outlook on what war is like. They're like, oh, it's awful. <laughs> what was the first? It was, it was the first war that yeah, was I mean, televised. It was, like, it was the awful. first time people could sit in their living yeah. rooms and like, watch this, people this get blown is, up in their yeah. living rooms. Yeah. They saw Vietnam and they're like, this shit yeah. is fucked up. And yeah, but guess what? Right. It's always been so, that way. But you, you, vo- you volunteered. And quite, quite honest, Vietnam was pretty tame compared to World War II yeah. and World War One. Very tame. If you look into actually how it was fought, Vietnam was on a scale of one to 10 in terms of 10 being total war, like Soviet yeah. union type shit. And one being, you know, your cold war, uh, you know, world war two was probably eight or nine in terms of, I don't mm. give a fuck who you are. If yeah. you're the other side, yeah. you're dying. And Vietnam was probably a, mm. a four in terms of how much care we took to not kill people. I mean, obviously we did a lot of bad things ourselves and so did the, the VC, but in terms of like the all out nature of it, didn't even register compared to World War II, but you you rarely see too many Americans or people and say like oh, on that scale where where would yeah. you say that the Afghanistan war. war was on that same scale? I mean, in terms of our willingness to fight that war as clean yeah. as possible, probably a probably a three or two. I mean, the first few years were probably more like Vietnam. Or just going in there and like we need to find the enemy and root them out. But over time, by the time I got there, I mean I felt like I felt like I was following more rules there than I was at home. <laughs> really? Like what what kind of rules were there? And we can we can get into that later. <clears throat> um, like hypothetically, like I'll talk about missions, yeah. but I'm not gonna talk yeah. about too much, but like not it was that cool. It's just I you know, I plan on serving again in the reserves. So I don't want to say too yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Not, and like I said, it's not that. It's not that cool. Like I'm just saying. Like, let's say you're out on patrol, right? And this is 2015, so you're following the rules of engagement for that time. I'll call it the ROE. There's no entering any 
villages um, without talking to the village um, head guy. I, I forget all the terminology now, but every every village has a top guy. There's mayors, like I forgot what they're called, mullahs maybe. No. Yeah, like a mayor or a council person or something. Like religious, or, yeah. yeah. But then there's also religious people, but there's also the tribal guy that's running shit. There might be the warlord there. There's all sorts of power structures. You like, we weren't allowed to enter any village, much less a home, unless we had an accompanying Afghan uh, force with us. This could be, and when you say that, obviously you try to bend the rules because the Afghans were lazy as fuck mm. and never wanted to do patrols. And if, if they did patrols, you had to bring like, you're talking about you're talking yeah. about the Afghan army. Whether it was water, yeah, you can call them an Afghan army if you. Well, so I, is I, that is that what they're talking about? Like when, <laughs> when they're talking about like the Afghan army was supposed to yeah. prevent the Taliban from doing what they've done. Yeah, we would we would grab a couple dudes who were probably sleeping <laughs> or, uh, or 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 fucking some poor boy in the ass, like you know that yeah. they. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. look it up. It's called. It's so here's my. All right. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna make an assumption. You tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to assume that the fact that uh, as soon as we started to withdraw out of Afghanistan, that it took the Taliban 11 days to kind of just take over the whole country. I'm sure that doesn't yeah, surprise well, you. Okay, so there are, okay, so what surprised me was the speed of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, I would say that the large majority of anyone that's ever been there knew that the country would fall within two fighting seasons. What is a fighting season? Um, but... Oh, in Afghanistan, like, you got other shit to do besides be Taliban. So you got a farm. Hmm. You don't want to be cold because it's not like they have insulation. So in the winter, like, you don't fight. So once the winter comes up, you have the winter fighting season. And once you harvest uh, your opium or whatever crops, I mean, it's 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 an agrarian culture. Once that's over, you don't have, like, you know, the bodies to fight. Like they got to go home and take care of the family. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's funny. It's like, that's, that, that shows you how, how much war is yeah. ingrained in that area. They've been fighting somebody for thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. You know, and the fact that the concepts of winning hearts and minds there was never really a good idea because it takes so many so people that's... to do that. I think there's some that's, that's the big thing is the, the hearts and minds and um, the yeah. nation building idea. Because you went over there. It's we can't so, even so win hard. hearts and minds in our own country, so right. alone some other country. No. And you went over there. Um, I don't remember exactly no. what year. Were you there a whole year or year and a half? Like what? 15 and 16. I was okay. there for nine months. So by that time the army had stopped deploying people for more than nine months because that was why you had so many fucking people yeah. dealing with really serious yeah. issues i mean i have friends that deployed for 18 months 12 months went for nine got dragged out to 12 or 15 and they can do that to you still if they yeah. change their mind they can do that but i mean they were seeing the effects of but that you weren't you much. weren't put in the place of like you weren't frontline combat you were there i mean i know you saw some shit and we weren't allowed okay. to do that. Yeah, we so were you were you shit, hearts and like, minds nation building? Is that what you were? Changed at that point. Um, no. By the time we got there, it was called Operation Resolute Support, which was the train advise assist mission. So a lot of our missions, we would escort advisors. If you want, mm-hmm. they're just people in the army. They're not any better at okay. advising than you are. Yeah. You know, in terms of that stuff. 
you take them to these operating bases or built up areas that used to belong to us when we were really, you know, had a bigger presence there. And the R, like I said, the ROE was very strict. Um, it was pretty much like you were a guest in their country at that point, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's the right answer, but it was just difficult to do that mm -hmm. with the amount of people we had. Um, you'd go there and we'd sometimes bring somebody, maybe a, 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 um, a logistician guy. So he'd be like a, that MLS, military occupational specialty, or, or it'd be like a, you know, hard as nails, like, you know, infantry guy, a colonel who was trying to help the Afghan army or the, so there's the Afghan army, there's Afghan police, there's the AUP, there's the a NDS, there are all these different groups of people obviously mirrored mm -hmm. on kind of our structure. But you would take these people there and have little meetings and my guys and myself would be pulling security, making sure things were fine. Um, that was some of our missions. And then other missions, we actually would do patrols, but we always did patrols pretty close to, excuse me, mm. the, the air base. So at that point, I mean, America had been there for the better part of two decades. So the, the Taliban knows not to fuck with certain units. They, they like we, like I said, we've been there for 15 years now. They know the units, mm -hmm. they know the patches, they know how we move. They know everything we do. Yeah. Right. I would, um, they know how to launch, you know, they know, they know as much about them, us, about us as we know. I always got the feeling, and this is I, I totally admitting like naivete or maybe just extreme cynicism, but I always got the feeling that the American military and not, not you, but like the, I, you know, the, the joint chiefs and the, the president, whoever the you know, he was at the time, the Pentagon. Yeah. Like the, the in, yeah. industrial, uh, Military industrial, military industrial complex, complex. Sure. that when it comes to Afghan or even other countries that that they don't appreciate that our enemy is as intelligent as us or is a smart that they see it. They see oh, they them do. as barbarians, they but they're not like that's why they keep kicking our ass. You know, I don't try to kick know our ass and. I don't even know if it's the joint chiefs. I think it's the public at large is one of the things. Okay. That, sure. Like but this talk, idea. If you talk to anybody that's never been well, to Africa and ask them what Africa looks like in their brains, half the people I've talked to, I've asked this question because I always think it's very interesting. And in their mind, it's just like jungle. Jungle. And, right. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. not, it's, no. it's a lot more like Louisiana. No, it's, it's desert. <laughs> you know? It's desert. I mean, yeah, no. well, there's desert, it, but then there's <laughs> cities, there's rivers. There's, yeah. There's, there's industry there. They're, they drive cars. I mean, it's not like it's not like the Johnny Weissmuller fucking Tarzan movies in the 1930s. It is. Yeah. It's a you know it's a region. Well, the presence of cars and cell phones and computers is well, that is true, right? But I think that that's part of the part of our. our you can say that about here. 100. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of our failing as a nation. And again, this is from my perspective. So you know, Lester. You got to understand if I could, the, the Joint Chiefs and all these guys, and even the president, they, the whole yeah. world watches yeah. America. We cannot just go in there and fuck shit. But isn't up that what like we, we did? A, a lot of things you'll hear about from veterans. No, we were very nice to them. We could have done okay. a lot more. We, any veteran that fought in that war, 
will 100% tell you we fought that war with two hands tied behind our back. Mm. We fought Vietnam with two hands tied behind our back. Do you know how you win a war? You fucking kill damn near everybody. World War II, two. drop a bomb on and then two you can nation build citizen. Yeah, towns. Yeah, you honestly, it's it's. I think we've had Probably. this conversation before. Yeah. There's right, no half right, measures right. anymore. You can't. Like, people think it sounds so terrible, and of course I understand that. How could you say that? But we were there for 18 years. 20 years. No, yeah. Wait, no, 20 years. We just. It just was a longer drawn out process. And then we didn't even win, not even win. We didn't even accomplish anything for so, that country. They're in just, they're some would argue. They're that's, in I think that's because right. we and didn't I think that that's, win the war. that's where I get, get hung up is people don't understand. Yeah, that concept. That, like we went in there concept. and we were going to go and they don't understand the, the, the absolute yeah. brutality of war that once you decide to go, there but there's no the other happiness. side of, there's just like, oh, well, maybe you can just kill the there's, bad guys. There's the other side of, of <laughs> the American war that we push. You know, we tried this in Iraq. We tried it in, in Afghanistan. It's like, it. you know, bomb, kill, beat the bad guys. But there's that other part of it, which is nation builds, you know, install democracy or put in a good leader. And that's, where I think, where we also, fail the miserably. Taliban, the Taliban is the same like in Vietnam. They melt back right. into the populace. You literally do not know who's good or bad. They use children all the time mm-hmm. to fuck with you. They're always, you, you can't tell the good guys from the bad guys, especially since they don't have it. They didn't have, a, it was a Taliban. It was a standing army. It wasn't a standing army. Like the civilian population doesn't understand what the, the complexities of, yeah. of warfare, of asymmetrical warfare. It's not a near peer force. They don't, well, they're probably close to it now, but. Um, if we had been allowed to just do what we do, that we would have had that country knocked over and probably. And what were we? So it's 2005. Instead, what we did is we gave them. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We would have been. We would have. We would have had that country eating from the palm of our hand. And I'm using real aggressive wording, but that's really just. The nature of deciding mm-hmm. yeah you're well, speaking no, as, no, as a I, warrior I, I, well, yeah i just i just want to ask because the thing is the, the soviets went into afghanistan and they went full bore there were no rules of engagement they went in to fuck things up and they fucked yeah, it up they a, blew it they got kicked a, out as well so so what what do you see as the difference because they were fighting because i don't think First of all, the Soviet Union was okay, crumbling fair. at that time. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and you got to understand a lot of their soldiers, a lot of their soldiers, you know, are they are they Soviet Union soldiers? How many of those mm-hmm. people are from Ukraine? How many of those people are from other parts over there? Just pe- they're just part of, say what you want about America and where we are right now. There's plenty to say. The majority of the people in the United States Army do not find themselves there right. by accident. You know, it's a straight up fucking yeah. volunteer force. You may not be there because you may be there because obviously a large portion of the army or the military are people from, I would say, socio socioeconomically mm-hmm. disadvantaged places. But that doesn't take away from the, the commitment and the and the mission oriented sure. nature yeah. of yeah. the profession. You know, we're all very proud to be American. Like there's very few. There are some, you know, you'll find them. 
you have a big problem with being in uniform, and you sometimes wonder, you'd be surprised how easy it is to get mm. into the army. Um, I've, I've seen stripes. The Soviet, it's really easy. I, I don't. Bill Murray was no was not fit for yeah. the army, and somehow he and Ramus got in. Yeah. So, oh my God, I could tell you stories. These stories, I could. I, there was this Korean kid I knew uh, that was in the army. He had been living in Korea up until he was like eighteen. Like he's not even like an immigrant. <laughs> he's literally Korean. <laughs> he's not American. This motherfucker's in the army. He's pulling every single little stunt that you could only pull in the American army. Because we used to, part of the problem, like, I was doing an investigation with this guy. Um, because someone had hazed the fuck out of him and, like, it wasn't that bad. But, um, <laughs> what, it know, wasn't I a code red. It was, see, you understand, David and I have a very limited no, vocabulary red. that is inspired strictly by film and whatever the news tells us. So our reference to the army is always going to yeah. go back to. Yeah, yeah, that's all, a few that's good all bullshit, men, but... stripes, anything with Tom Cruise in it. Yeah. Yeah, we know that stuff. <laughs> Mash, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what was so so what so, was so what, what happened? To the, yeah, yeah, what happened to the Korean? So like, so this guy. So basically, he he barely okay. So he would, I, some of his statements I I knew were written by someone who was like coaching him. Some like I then I would talk to him and be like. I realized that he didn't have that good of a command of the English language. He would be, um, he was trying to stay in the army long enough, I think, to get his citizenship. But it was, it was just, it was just amazing that I tried to get in the army for 14 years, but I was so afraid of lying about certain things. When I realized, like, if you want to get in, you can get in. Like this kid was 100% just shouldn't have been there. He was, he was an infantryman too. Every single physical event we did, he was terrible at it. But honestly, if he had not just been such a troublemaker in terms of, uh, you know, insubordination, all that, he probably would have made it to be a sergeant. So, he so would have done just fine. Like, so we're you're not saying that granted, we're out of Afghanistan, so there's no war. But you're saying, like, as a 55-year-old guy, you know, I, I mean, I work out, you know, so it's like I'm not in terrible shape. But, you know, it's like I could, yeah. I could, if the writing thing doesn't work out for me, I could just join the Army and they'd take me if I lied. 55 stretching it, but subtract 10 years. So I could lie and say I'm 45 and I get in. I mean, I'm a young, well, when, they, I they shave, that. when I Our shave, then there's no salt and pepper. I have no gray in my hair. I, I, I can pass for 45. Yeah. I mean, it all depends. Like if the economy is bad, the army gets better choice, right? Or, but if the economy is good, if they, they have, they deal with the same, uh, you know, economic factors that every other organization organization does. Like, there are great people in the army, amazing people in the army, the best people I've ever met. In the so, army, it, honestly, it, I, th but, I think uh, it's pretty. It's, just, they, they, it's a volunteer army, so they can't yeah. Pick. And there's, of course, there's a lot of complications to war and to the military and to the army, and you know why we fight and what we're fighting for and the individual choices that people make. Like, you know, so. You joined, you started in ROTC, right? And then you became an officer. And yeah, yeah, I did that on a, on a whim. So, like, what was your, yeah. what, what was your, why, why do you fight? Like, it wasn't, did 9-11 happen? You were like, I'm going to go and, and defend freedom. And, okay. I tried so to was, get it. Was yeah. that the spark? I didn't want to go to college. When that shit happened, no, I was always wanting okay. to. And then I felt terrible that I couldn't, that I, I, I realized now I could just lie. But uh, I felt terrible kind of gave up on the dream a little bit 
not a dream, but just the need to serve. What, what was that need? What was um, it? And Where then that I begin? was taking the LSAT. I don't know. Some okay. people just like yeah. that. Yeah, some, some people aren't lazy, capitalist pieces of shit like you, Hemel. No, I mean... Well, I'm a capitalist <laughs> piece of shit, but I also like... Don't, don't don't accuse me of not being. But he he likes to do but, things. Uh, you're guy, a, you're guys a with guns, things. Lazy yeah. capitalist piece of shit who also yeah. had a need to serve. So okay, that's the differentiator. All right, there you go. Yes, there we go. Well, Thank you. There you go. I'm all about accuracy. But I think, but that's part of the question is like the need to serve, like serving what, and you know that's <clears throat> that's a different topic for a completely different time. That is a thing that changes, of sure. course, with any person that does any self reflection. The reason you asked me at 17 would right. be a different answer than 22 right. and a different answer even more now after all. The so you, you said people, you my, said earlier that you wanted to serve again in the reserves because you're out now, like you're out, you're, yeah. you're. No, I'm in the, I'm in what's called. Okay. So when you, when you join the army, you owe them, I believe it's eight years. I don't know what it's like for enlisted. I think it's no matter what it's eight years, but. Some of that's active duty and some of that's in the inactive ready reserve. Basically yeah. meaning you're in the bullpen. In, in case, case everybody else dies, up, you know, and the zombies aren't, aren't worth a fuck. Yeah. So, so while you're in the reserve, there were, there were do, they, do they make sure, I mean, are they like making sure that you're dieting and that you're working out? So, so you could just no, turn into a no, giant fat no, out of no. shape piece of shit yeah. and they call you but up, you got to show you up, up and you're just like those people in a fucking uh, Chris Pratt movie where time. it's like just civilians going in just getting blown yeah. away. Okay, all right, that's interesting. They'll 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 give you some time to get your shit. Together. So you want you most of them you you I want mean, to keep serving yeah. after after the four or five years, six years, whatever it's been now that we've had that has been weird and strange, um, and. Well, there's my motivation. So what, what, what is your motivation to serve I would now? say much more selfish. Well, I don't just, I'm, I'm, I'm debating how honest I should be and what this would sound like. If someone no, you know, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can totally, uh, we, we could totally yeah. skip this question because we can edit stuff. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot in any way. No, I'm going to be honest because I think, I think the problem with a lot of things, people aren't honest. First reason, it's pretty fun, honestly. As fucking terrible as the army can be, and I've had some terrible times in the army, but those are all dependent on the people around you most of the time. Mm -hmm. I did love it. Mm. I miss it all the time. I get pretty choked up when I think about, but you give up a lot. Like, I wouldn't be here all the time. You give up a lot of your career yeah. as a civilian. I'm yeah. starting over now. I'm fucking yeah. 38 years old. I'm making half of what I would be making in the army, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I constantly have to, I mean, the interview process when I was trying to get a job, was <laughs> a fucking joke. I mean, we get the whole fucking thank you for your service, yeah. jerk you off shit. And then you're just like, I don't want you to take me for my service. I didn't fucking yeah. do it for you. I did it for the guy that was fucking next to me in formation, yeah. you stupid motherfucker. Yeah, you're really, really not going to get it. You? You're not going to get that interview <laughs> like, job. No, that's, I mean, I've, I've done the hey motherfucker yeah. and they never hire yeah. me. Well, but also yeah. like, hey, yeah. motherfucker, yeah. if you're so grateful for my service, yeah. give me a job and put 30 grand extra on the, no, on the money. I, I don't you know. want them to give, I just ask me questions that 
show that you actually want to learn why my skills that I learned. Because that's a big are, part you know, of the, the attraction. My transfer. The advertisement for, they never you know, an army of one or what, you know, whatever their campaign BL is now. You can be, which BL is you can be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a BL you can be. Is like you learn skills that will translate into if the I real world. If I had a choice, I would hire mostly sure. veterans. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to, I'm going to divert because I'm, I'm, this, this no, is one of the things David and I were, and, and this is one of the reasons I was really interested to have you on is that, um, you, you, all right. So you, uh, okay. Um, you are now out of the army. You're watching, the evacuation you're watching us ditch afghanistan and david and i have obviously a very specific understanding of what the news tells us what the pentagon is saying all that mm -hmm. kind of where are they getting it wrong in your opinion yeah. or, or, or is everything that david and i are hearing in the news and from the white house and all this is it 100 percent accurate where do you think it's going i mean off the rails no i mean nothing okay i don't want to sound like conspiracy theorist Okay. The government, being in government, being a public official is probably one of the hardest jobs out there because the message is, has to be controlled at all times. And people are like, oh, well, we need, we deserve the truth. Like, please say you can't handle the truth. Please say, <laughs> say it in a sentence. <laughs> no, you, what's the truth? Like, you can't say it in five sentences. You can't right. say it in three hours. Americans have a have a uh, attention span of maybe two minutes. Like, of course they're not telling you everything. Of course they're not. Of course it's not. It's it's prettied up. I mean, obviously now, like, you know, with how polarized things are, it doesn't matter what he says. Even if no one died mm -hmm. during the evacuation, they'd still sure. put some yeah. shit on them. Like, it, it does. Do you think it's where we are? The polarization. 5,000, oh, listen, 5,000 fucking Americans died last week from fucking COVID. Why are those lives worth more than 13 Marines? Maybe, I'm not saying that the 13 Marines is a fucking shit show that could have been prevented because yeah. it could have. There were basic security procedures that they should have taken and probably that bomb would have only killed Afghans and maybe three or four mm -hmm. soldiers, Marines, what have you, whatever was at the ECP or the, the entry control point. But, you know, it's basic shit. You push out bigger security perimeters, the faster and faster you can secure it. You start building, you start mm -hmm. building it up, right? They didn't do that. And I don't know, I, don't, I wasn't there, so I'm not going to pass judgment. But it seems like if 13, I mean, another thing is these bombs are fucking massive. Like, most civilians have never experienced an explosion, like, they teach you all the time in the army when you're patrolling. Space out, space the fuck out, stagger your road, stagger your formation. In case something happens, it won't kill fucking ten of you; it'll only kill two of you. Jesus, that's you so know? fucked up. So thought. like, you're always supposed to be. <sighs> but like, no, that's just basic shit. In the army. We all look at we all look at life and death. Yeah, so of course. I mean, you look at that shit. I'm like, bitching about traffic. You know. Sitting in my Volkswagen GTI, yeah. oh, but like, traffic too. my traffic's not going to blow just, me like, the fuck up or like, kill three of my best friends. You'd be surprised how much yeah. you could handle radical acceptance. You'd be radical acceptance. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think that a lot of people have anxiety, and a lot of the the um, issues that people deal with now is the lack of actually pushing their limits. Mm. And I'm not trying. Right, I had that shit. It's part of why there's no idea for it. 
but the moment I start pushing my boundaries, you kind of change. It's kind of fucking crazy. Even for if you don't work out, start working. Out. If you don't fucking uh, read a lot of books or push your mind a little, you'd be surprised how much it fucking yeah. evens you out. And like the dealing with life and death is kind of like that. Of course, you're not. But the thing here's the thing. You're not dealing with it by yourself. You have your, mm. your your people with you. So it's it's not like you're sitting in a corner waiting to die. Like you have your people and that's how yeah. you handle it. You know? Like I wasn't walking around Afghanistan with nothing but a fucking stick. Like I was in a I was with a platoon of fucking infantrymen that I trained with. Like and that we're pretty tight now. And like if you're gonna be in a place like yeah. that, that's who you wanna be with, right? So it's it's just like it's all situational. If you if you were to drop me off in a place that's pretty violent by myself, I'd be just yeah. as scared as anybody. Like it's all it's just different. Like and you also get you get desensitized to it because your body starts producing all the fucking chemicals to help you deal with that. And that's why when people come back, they have the mm. trouble adjusting because you're fucking up here, and then you got to come back down. Did you did you have any trouble so, coming back? Because you came back to uh to support suburban domestication yeah, pretty, like hardcore like yeah. hardcore suburban domestication yeah i was tuned up well, i came back i had leave but i actually got sent off on training again because some of the fucking shit that lieutenant that didn't go like didn't volunteer for the assignment and but that's another story but yeah i had to go on training again for a month so i was i was pretty stressed out for a number of reasons due to the deployment and like my commander was a you know total douchebag most of the people in the company felt that way um, he actually got out of the army sh mm. shortly after me, or sh shortly before me, and everyone thought he was going to be a lifer. So, do you do weird. you think that there was a um, way but, that we could have? I mean, like, I I think I yeah, because I think it's safe to say like, we lost the war before Better? we entered the war. Like, we we weren't going to do what we need. I mean, we we stopped the Taliban. Uh, well, yeah, because I I I I blame. Just the fact that like we're the fact that we're America means obviously we have a microscope on us. The fact that civilians at home have such a huge say in how we fight the war. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it started with Rumsfeld and all of them. I think maybe maybe not Rumsfeld, but like they started using special operations a lot. They wanted to do a lot with very little, and then also turned to Obama mm -hmm. when he started using drone strikes all the time, because he was like, okay, we're gonna save American lives. By having some guy with Cheeto dust all over his fingers, clicking on fucking <laughs> buttons, killing some guy yeah. 4,000 miles away. It's a away. video game. And he, yeah. that's how you can win a war. Obama, who has right. never served, who is in every way not a warrior, you know, extremely talented man, but sure. not a warrior, right. and doesn't right. know anything about war. Um. And he's saying, you know, I think we can win this with drones. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, maybe, maybe 30,000 drones taking out 30,000 targets a day. Sure. But, you know, like it's just, do we lose that war before we start? So what do we maybe? do? We're 20 years out. But, Biden, even, I mean, Trump, you know, we're going to end this. We're getting out. So Biden says. Trump started it. The Trump, the Trump voters forget this, but Trump did. Trump did yes, he did. Yeah. Too. Of course they forget it. They forget a lot of things. They don't. But. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, so the left is often forgetting a lot of things. Yeah, too. well, the, yeah, the, I mean, yeah. they're both equally the left. Yeah.
in my opinion, I'm not a voter. I've never voted in my well, entire shit, life. Well, shit, we're going to have to have you back and talk about I, that I'm, because that's uh, that's huge. I didn't know that. That's I don't well, we're, it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna parse it out it. next time at at, a, at AJ's at AJ's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll parse it out. Have you back, but yeah. I'm wondering, like, what what could? Never voted in my entire Oof. life, and I never will. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have Lester back, dear listener. Just hear that to talk about that, and maybe in <laughs> November at the midterms, we'll we'll talk about this. But so, just real quick, we've got like we've got like 30 seconds before we gotta we gotta cut this. Um, where did we, where did we screw up with the evacuation or could, or could we have not done any better? I mean, it would have been a shit show regardless sure. for sure. But, um, I just feel like, I mean, I don't know how we could have done it a lot better. It would have, it would, we would have had to be a lot more violent. Mm. And I know that sounds so crazy. But like honestly, when I was there, I and, and you may I might sound like a terrible person, but you know me. I'm, I know you. I'm You're a terrible dead. person. That's, I think yeah. about things. No. I'm not a fucking. <laughs> I'm not judging you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, yeah. I I don't I don't think anything you've they, said is terrible Afghan or respond to fear. Most Afghans, the Afghans that have lived there, not Afghan Americans who have experienced a different life. A lot of them there, they only understand fear, man. They've been in, at war for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's that is, is that they call it the graveyard of empires for a reason. Man. If you go there, if you've ever been, if you ever look at Afghanistan and Afghans, like their facial features are some of the most unique people you've ever seen because of all the ethnicities that have mm. come through that land. There's, there, it's almost stunning when you see some of them. Interesting. You know, like you're just like, it's just like when you see mixed kids, right? My kids are mixed. You, When you see mixed race people, I'm not trying to be, I, mean, I know. Don't worry about this. Race, yeah, cast. When you see mixed race people, when you, when you see mixed race people, you, you always notice, you're like, oh, that person. Yeah, what's, what's floating around in their blood? Yeah. You know, when you go to Afghanistan, when you go, when you see, when you go to Afghanistan, it's like that times three. It's like how many yeah. dozens of ethnicities have, mixed together to create the way you look you see like a dark-skinned person with green eyes red hair a nose that looks like it's from <laughs> russia like it's just like it's, it's just so crazy you never see i mean it's you know, like yeah. zion in uh, the you know? matrix movies where you know everybody where everybody's just yeah mixed sure. Race. yeah yeah sure yeah. And dance it just baby. shows you it shows you the complexity the complexity of that that area and sure yeah you may be right we may have lost it before we ever got there i don't know I don't know shit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize our strategy because I think we did the best we could for a long time. Was the evacuation fucked up? Sure so, it was, but it sounds like, I, like I don't want to put how else. I don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't want to, I do not want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like, uh, yeah, like we were too far down the road to turn around and go back. Oh shit. We missed Memphis. Turn around and go back. Nah, fuck it. We're too close to Louisiana. Let's just go to New Orleans. Like this yeah. is just I mean, what, it's this so is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's so complicated. It was so like we had to get out. Yeah. We ripped the bandaid off, and it came during a time of extreme political polarization. And uh, you just have to understand more about Afghanistan to understand why it was you, so crazy. And a lot, obviously, a lot of veterans are livid, and most of them are right-leaning people. Um, and they're just so upset at Biden, and there is certainly valid sure, yeah. emotions coming out of there. 
We yeah. lost 13 Marines. I mean, some of those kids are still Well, when you think about it, we lost a lot more than 13 Marines because we were there for 20 years, and the, Im- the impact lasted yeah. Oh, yeah, 11 days. So we bought Afghanistan 11 days in yeah. 20 years and yeah. $2 trillion, yeah. and however many American yeah. lives were lost it's in that 20 years. It's ridiculous. It's very sad. I was certainly very emotional yeah, how that was crazy. that place felt. Because I, yeah, I thought I, I was starting to think about. It. I mean, when I see the pictures, I can still smell mm-hmm. the place and hear the place and feel the place. It's just like, and just thinking about those fucking parents, man. Your kid goes there for fucking not even two yeah. fucking weeks. So, final question, and then we got to go. Uh, if you're if if you're serving again, do you do you think you'll find yourself mm-hmm. in Afghanistan again? Do you think that we'll be back there at some point? Oh, not me. I'll tell you what's going to happen in Afghanistan right now. And I'll bet my life on it. I'll bet my kids' lives on it. They're going to devolve into civil war in the next three years. And now it's at China. It's China mm-hmm. and Russia's problem. And I'll tell you what, I'm kind of happy it is. Who wants a fucking terrorist, fucking festival orgy going on in their backyard? I mean, I've, I, I, I don't think the Biden administration was planning this. But like I know they're fucking yeah. sweating bullets right now. There are there are very few countries that are friendly with Muslims, sure. including Muslim countries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, like China. I'm sure if anyone reads the news, the I don't even know how to pronounce that shit. Mm. The Uyghur Muslims or whatever, they fucked those motherfuckers up. Russia already invaded the so uh, the fucking Afghanistan region once. The Chechen rebels. Yeah. Like, they have a lot of beef with Muslims. They deal with Muslim terrorism. They are looking at this shit, and they're like, fuck. And you know what? I'll be sipping on a fucking beer 20, like, 15 years from now when they're trying to take that shit. Love my brother-in-law. I What a what a cool guy. And I feel like he was just getting started, too. You know, yeah, like, well, that you know, we'll we'll, we'll 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 have him on more often. Yeah, because yeah, he was really interesting. And I think there's it, what's obvious, and if it wasn't obvious before, it sure as shit should be obvious now. War is complicated. Getting out of war is perhaps even more complicated. And why people serve and what we're actually doing over there is as complicated as anything else. Like, we know we, well, America went over to, you know, Afghanistan because Bin Laden, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, 9-11. Yes, great, do it. But that feels like it could have ended a whole lot quicker, but it's complicated. Well, and the thing is, and you've had this, you and I have had this conversation for fucking years. It's always, and it doesn't, whether it's war or fucking going to a goddamn grocery store yeah. or having a fight over a pandemic mask... It's all of it is far more fucking complicated than the black, white, you know, uh, I'm Aragorn and you're fucking Sauron bullshit that we, that we've been kind of trained to believe things. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, and again, I, I, I don't think that, that, um, I think that, that Lester provided some, some insight into the, the soldier's mind, the officer's mind of looking at things. Um, from a different perspective, but I think that it's still, yeah, there's just a lot to untangle and it's going to be untangling for a long time. And it might not be lesser that has to continue pulling well, a hope, string. 
and I, I hope, hope not. He is, he is but, in fact, I hope he is, in fact, 15 years from now, sipping on mojitos while yeah. he watches China have to deal with it, because I like that, that yeah. image. I don't want my family in war zones. I, I'll I don't. I'll be dead by then, so I don't care. Eh. Eh, maybe not. Unfortunately, you're going to live a long, long time. Yeah, but I might be shitting my pants, and that's okay, too. My son shits his pants. He's having the time of his life right now. So See, this we're is what good. I'm talking about. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a read. It's in the Atlantic. It's probably one of Don's this week. It is read The New Puritans by Ann Applebaum. Uh, I mean... The- <laughs> you, and I've been ta- you and I have been fucking saying this exact thing... For fucking five goddamn years. It's this? nothing new. It's very well written, but none of that shit is every book she cites in that article. I read yeah. four years ago. You know, it's like, so I, 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 it's an absolutely great read if you have, if you've really never visited the topic, but I've been obsessed with this fucking topic for, you know. And the topic in short, so the, the subhead of, of the New Puritans is social codes are changing in many ways for the better. But for those whose behavior doesn't adapt fast enough to the new norms, judgment can be swift and merciless. It's yep. essentially, I mean, it, if I were to couch it, it's about it's the failures piece. of cancel cultures and the prob- yeah. the, how cancel culture is problematic. Yeah. And the Atlantic and is not a right wing. This is not, you know, no. Alex Jones going, cancel culture is problematic. That was, well, to me, <laughs> that's just, reading, reading that article in the Atlantic was as surprising to me as reading uh, John McWhorter's uh, newsletter in the New York Times, which I can't believe they've got John on there, but I love that he's there because it's, yeah. you know, all right. Actually, that is not one of my three things. My, what? Uh, my first. That's I don't no, even know I, who you are anymore. Because I knew you were going to pick that, so I didn't have to, and I also knew we were going to have Lester on. So uh, my first is a read. Um, it is in the Substack Common Sense with Barry Weiss. It is written by Melissa Chin. It's called Inside the Underground Railroad Out of Afghanistan. And effectively, oh. <laughs> Melissa Chin was a part of of people. They've been they've been telling people in Afghanistan for the last six months, "Get the fuck out of there." Yeah. So anybody was like, "Oh, it's botched because everybody we're stuck there." They had six fucking months to get out of there, and they didn't. Mm. A lot of people just decided, "Fuck it, I'm not going to go." Well, Melissa Chin was in a situation where she was helping people get out of Afghanistan, it's a really good article, and it really kind of illuminates an area of that evacuation that I had not thought about. So I, I, I highly recommend it. Common Sense with Barry Weiss. Name of the piece is Inside the Underground Railroad Out of Afghanistan. Okay. Sorry. Writing that down. That's all right. You're just write it down. I like it. Uh, my next thing is a watch. Nine Perfect Strangers. Okay, so yeah, it's all right. I'm interested because I heard this was just terrible. I heard it was awful. Really? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that it's okay. just a, it's another, huh. I mean, it's the reason why I haven't watched White Lotus. Like, I don't want to see a bunch of fucking privileged white people be told, and I don't want to have to watch a show about, hey, look at these privileged white people be privileged. Don't they suck? I've, I I don't need to see it. You know, I can read Bud's well, And it's funny because that's exactly, <laughs> you know? That's I don't need exactly, to hear yeah, about how shitty rich. Posts, shut up. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I don't need to yeah. be. You know, I, I read Teen Vogue. The last thing I need is more white people suck. Uh, the 
it's a, th- that is the same reason I have not watched Succession or uh, what's the other one? Oh, fuck. Um, Billions. Billions. Thank you. I yeah. love Billions. Billions is awesome. I know they're both amazing shows, but I was like, I don't want to watch shows about rich people. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, yeah. But nine. Nine Perfect Strangers, I kind of fell into. Well, I was looking for something that Katie and I could both watch because it had been a while since we had like a new show that we were both watching. Um, and she loves Nicole Kidman. And I thought that it was a Nicole Kidman produced thing. And Nicole Kidman's been kicking ass with her productions. Um, and, she, you know, Melissa McCarthy's in, like the, the cast is great. It's not a, a Melissa McCarthy. Actually, she might be a producer, but it's not a Nicole Kidman created thing. She's just the actor. Um, maybe she's got a producer credit. I don't, sorry, Nick. I don't want to. Anyway, um, it's interesting because it's, it's, a th- it's funny and it's a thriller. And I, I have no idea where it's like, it gets weirder and weirder, but then they're like, oh, maybe it won't be that weird. But then it does get weird. It's like, what? Like, is this going to be a weird show or not? Because you watch things like Stranger Things, like, oh, this is clearly a weird show. You watch Black Mirror, clearly a weird show. This feels like it's on the edge of, you know, Black Mirror weird or Stranger Things weird and, uh, you know, physical or Ted Lasso. Like, this is just what it is. So, like, it, ba- it walks this weird line. At least that's where I'm, And I'm only in episode four. So we'll okay. see how it plays out. See, but the acting is not, great. It's funny. It's weird. It's so it's, you it's remind fun. me of a show that, that Dana and I are sharing. Um, and this isn't one of my six things because I want you to watch it. We're almost done with it, so I want to talk about it next week. I actually want us to have a conversation about this show because this it's is on not Netflix. an official six thing. This is not a six. This thing. is just, just you, this I, is just you and me. Yeah, it's just you and me. I want you to watch on Netflix brand new cherry flavor. Brand because new cherry flavor. It is. It's it's episodic, and this is sort of like the player meets Mulholland Drive meets Eraserhead. This is Jesus. What? Up, dude. I'm not kidding. And all I'm going to tell you when the protagonist has to vomit up a living cat to pay for the witch doctor played by Catherine Keener. That's you're on a fucking ride. That you talk about. I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's that's the thing. It's not we're gonna talk about it. It's not one of my six things. Okay. Because my second thing is a watch. Because I tried to be on topic. My second thing is a watch. It's on Apple Plus. It's a uh, just dropped the other day. <clears throat> it's a documentary called 9/11 Inside the President's War Room. And this is as close to sort of like all right, how did we get in Iraq? How did we get in Afghanistan? This this is the cl- as close to watching the clusterfuck that got us there. Um, in in kind of real time as possible, um, it's skewed a little bit more apologetic than I wanted it to be, but but I got it. Apologetic it, from who's it, apologizing? It's 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 narrated by you know a lot of the narration is done by the people that were there, so it's sort of like yeah it was bad and it was kind of a clusterfuck, but hey here's what we had to work with. So it's sort of like we're talking about it's okay. it's way more complicated. I mean, but, but, it's, but, but it's reality. That's that's the it, reality of it. It's, it's like it's. In yeah. real time, what the fuck so, do you do? Yeah, that's my second thing. Yeah. 9-11 okay. inside the president's war room. Okay. I think it's uh, I, I, it's actually very interesting, and I I can't say I enjoyed it, but it, I got a lot out of it. So, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, kind of like like uh, like having McDonald's diarrhea. You don't enjoy it, but you get a lot out of it. You get a lot out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My next thing is a do, and this is a local do. 
Um, local do like sure. like, like like a McDonald's shit. It's a local do. It's local do, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you're gonna eat at that McDonald's. It won't be far from that McDonald's where you have to go do do. Jesus. Yeah, we went down a rabbit hole. Hey, support Gilda's Club Chicago. <laughs> There's your do. Speaking of doo-doo, uh, no, buy tickets to Gilda's Club Chicago, Gilda's Night Out, uh, Oktoberfest. It's on September 23rd. It's a Thursday. It's at the Columbia Yacht Club. Uh, we've got um, Goose Island beer, food from somewhere I can't recall where it is right now. Um, but the State Lane Playboys featuring the Zeifel Brothers are playing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're not in town for it, that's cool. Maybe consider going on the Gilda's Club Chicago dot org and making a small donation five bucks ten bucks here and there that's fine um but support gilda's club chicago all right that's excellent my final thing is a read it's in the hollywood reporter of all things it ah. is written written by lacy rose love lacy stuff and it is uh, the title of the piece is there's been fights there's been tears the making of impeachment American Crime Story. This is made by the same people that made the uh, O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. This mm. is about the Bill Clinton impeachment, and one of the uh, this this whole article is. Um, all right, I just want to read you the, the subhead. The yeah. latest installment of Ryan Murphy's FX anthology reframes the Clinton scandal from the perspective of the women it engulfed, including producer Monica Lewinsky. As hard as it might have been for us, it was harder for her. Nice. And this is a this is a really it, like this this is a really good article about yeah. sort of seeing the Bill Clinton thing from the perspective of of the woman whose life was completely fucking destroyed. Do they know what they by, did with that? Come on. Yeah, I know they. It did. was yeah, harder for her. Come on. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I got the joke. God damn it! They did that on. Per- That's just. Mean. Oh yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun article, and I, I highly recommend it. And uh, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch the show because uh, I'm still a Bill Clinton fan, but I still want to. I like. I'd like to see some different perspective on that. Anyway. Yeah, Bill Clinton. Whatever. Here's the thing about Monica Lewinsky is the real hero because she is one good for her for surviving. Good for her for getting through it. Good for her for having a fucking sense of humor. If you don't follow her on Twitter. She's a scream. You're I missing love out. Her Twitter. I love her Twitter. And people gave her a lot of shit for being fat or having a bad haircut or whatever. I might have been one of them at some point. I'm, I'm sure I was like, oh, chubby girl. Monica Lewinsky's, she's hot. She's hot and she's smart and she's you know, funny. You know, you're gross and, and you should be impeached for saying that. We do not judge Monica Lewinsky by any hotness scale that you got from Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. No, we I'm, judge her based on her intellect and... I said she was smart. Do. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.